welcome to Wrestling Nostalgia. I am your host, Dave Dynasty. Thank you for joining us wherever you are and in whatever platform you are listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you do not miss any content we put out. All the episodes will be right there in your device on the day of their release. And while you're at it, please go out and hit us on social media, right? Give us all the follows uh, and etc. that you can. The, the, the primary place to hit me is on Twitter, at the Dave Dynasty. So go give me a follow uh, there, and then that way you can keep up on, on all my affairs, all my business here with uh, Professional Wrestling and the Dave Dynasty Show. Um, what else have we got going on? This is, right now as I'm recording this, this is Sunday, the Sunday of WrestleMania weekend. Uh, the first night is over with. Uh, a lot of the events are over with. Uh, the Hall of Fame is over with. Let's, let's talk about a couple things that interested me this weekend. Uh, let's start with the uh, the Ring of Honor show, right? Uh, it was a pretty good show, but it had one of the best matches I've seen in, in a long, long time. And it's not going to surprise any of you. It was the Briscoes versus FTR. The match that I've been dreaming of for so long. The match I've been hyping for so long. The match that I've been begging and pleading someone to put on for so long finally happened. And it didn't disappoint me. If you have not seen this, go out of your way to see it. This is a spectacular tag team wrestling match. Um, I loved it. I will watch it again probably several times. Uh, and it, it, it ended with FTR winning the Ring of Honor tag team titles. Uh, their their resume continues to grow. They're on this hunt, right, uh, to uh, to uh, enhance their legacy. And uh, they did it there with re- winning the Ring of Honor tag team titles. Uh, they, they won the NXT tag titles. They won the Raw tag team titles. They won the SmackDown tag team titles. They won the AEW tag team titles. They won the AAA tag team titles. And now they add the Ring of Honor tag titles to their list. Uh, but again, it was a great match there on Supercard of Honor. Uh, I highly recommend it uh, to anyone that wants to watch. Uh, let's see what else. I, some, I haven't watched many of the shows, really. I, I didn't watch. A lot, I don't watch a lot of that stuff. Uh, haven't really even been paying attention to a lot of stuff. Nothing's jumped out at me in particular. But let's talk about the Hall of Fame. So happy uh, with the Hall of Fame this year. I really enjoyed it. The, I know the Undertaker speech was very long, but it was interesting. It was it was entertaining. It never lost me. Uh, it reminded me a little of, of a motivational speaker with the way he was moving around and talking about his three points. But still, the stories were great. It was really cool to see The Undertaker uh, give you a peek at the guy behind the character. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, I will be the first to admit that I openly cried with Shad Gaspard getting the Warrior Award. Uh, I don't I don't like the award itself because I, I don't like Dana Warrior. I don't like that this is named after the Ultimate Warrior. But uh, with what it's supposed to stand for, there is nobody more deserving than Shad Gaspard. And, I, and that was a very moving segment to me. And then one of the keys from the Hall of Fame, or at least in the terms of wrestling nostalgia in our show today, is the Steiner Brothers getting in. Steiner Brothers is one of my favorite tag teams of all time. I love them. Love their style, especially at, when they were uh, active. They were very unique. And I love both those guys. And that's, again, one of the keys in the show today. I'm going to revisit... Uh, some research and episode we did once on Scott Steiner in his time in Bruiser Bedlam in the WWA. So you're going to have that here in a bit where it's, it's, we talk all about that. I talk all about that. Lots of audio clips from Bruiser Bedlam and the WWA shows and, and et cetera. Uh, clips of Scott Steiner's time there. And and if this is something that interests you, which I'm assuming it is, be sure to look in the show notes where there'll be a link to a video I have up on YouTube 
that shows Scott Steiner the early years. It is essentially, it well, not essentially, it is Scott Steiner's time in the WWE. He has lots of his matches, lots of his interviews, shows his time there. It wasn't very long, but it, it was a great time. Uh, he was a really a, a huge breath of fresh air at that time. And you know that you knew he had something, You right? You knew he was going to go places. There was no doubt about it. Uh, but again, we have that segment coming up. Make sure you hit the show notes to watch that video on YouTube to get a little more of Steiner and the WWA. Uh, but again, it was great to see them go, him and Rick going to the Hall of Fame. Scott did a very good job. Uh, kept on track. Nothing controversial. It was, it was very neat to see that moment where Scott said something about it could go off the rails and Rick kind of covered the mic and kind of looked at him. You know that there was some communication here where Rick said, look, hey, my kid's here, right? My kid works for this company. Let's do this. He's got a, a, a huge future ahead of him. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Braun Breaker, which let's be let's be real. He should be Braun Steiner. Hopefully, maybe it'll happen now, right? Now that they're in uh, the Hall of Fame, now that they're in, they should have uh, uh, one of those Legends contracts, which will be great, right? It'll be great to see some Steiner merchandise, some figures and stuff out there. That'll be great. But maybe now that this has happened, maybe they can get him converted over to Braun Steiner. Let, let's hope, right? Let's hope. And then let's talk about the first night. I won't be able to talk about the second night, obviously, of WrestleMania because, well, it hasn't happened yet. But let's talk about the first night because it was all in all, it was a, it was a pretty good show. I mean, there was some times where it wasn't, <laughs> but let, let's talk about um, some of the first matches. I don't, I didn't care. I, I half watched them. Uh, I let's, you know, I liked, really liked the the Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair, Belair match. Thought it was a great, great match. Uh, it, it was uh, everything that I had hoped it would be. I loved the Seth Rollins match where it's all done. We can quit the talk. We can quit the what ifs. Cody Rhodes back in the WWE. And they had a spectacular match in my eyes. I loved it. It was highly entertaining. It had so much energy. Uh, Cody really was into it. Rollins was into it as he always is. The crowd was into it. It was a really great match in my eyes. Uh, it was it was professional wrestling, right? It didn't have to have all this shenanigans. I mean, it, there was a lot of kickouts of, of big moves, what have you, whatever. Uh, the, you know, the cool moment where Cody did the cartwheel and the, the hand separation were, and the commentator said he was shedding the past, shedding that skin. That, that was pretty cool, right? I, I, I like that. Um, but anyway, um, I thought that was a, a really good match. Uh, I Let's see, what else was there? Uh, the, <laughs> the Charlotte Flair Ronda Rousey match, uh, the drizzling shits. I, I did not like that match at all. They did not click. Ronda Rousey, the more she's out. I love Ronda Rousey. Don't get me wrong. But the more she's in these positions, the the more you see her inexperience and how green she is. The match the match was not good. I did not like it at all. And I suspect that I wouldn't. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. But then, let's talk about KO and Steve Austin. Man, that was great, right? We had all this talk that Austin was not going to do a full match, right? He didn't think, whatever, he was up to it, so they're going to do this KO show thing. There'll be a little confrontation, a little bit of physicality, and, and probably a stunner in the end. But it went a lot more than that, right? We got another match. We got another Stone Cold match, right? A, a Whatever, no holes barred, anything goes. They fall all over the place. And, man, I'm telling you, Steve Austin, you could tell there's some moments you could tell where he hadn't done this for a while, right? The stomps in the corner. While they always, man, you could always see right through them, they were just a touch slower now. I mean, nothing horrendous. But all in all, overall, Steve Austin looked like Steve Austin, right? He was stone cold. Everything he did, he he was right there with it. He didn't appear to get too winded. Uh, and, and, hey, let's give a lot of the credit to Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens bumped his ass off for him, made him look like a million bucks. That's what you're supposed to do, right? 
But in the process of this whole thing, Kevin Owens got over huge, right? As a heel uh, and a foil to Austin, it was great. I, I really feel like Kevin Owens' stock rose. I'm a, I'm a Kevin Owens fan, but I, I feel like he rose again. And WWE needs to put a rocket on him and keep on this, right? They, he, he's a great heel. And he's great in the ring. And this whole thing was spectacular. I, I loved it all. It was a, it was enjoyable. It was nostalgic. It was fun. Uh, and a lot of times when you get these guys that come back and you're like, it, it's neat to see them. But when they're in there, it's like, hey, you're, it doesn't feel like you're seeing the same guy, right? You can see the difference. And I'm telling you, I didn't really, I didn't really feel that with Stone Cold. And it was a lot of it was the match, having it be this no holds barred, anything goes. That way, they could just, it could just brawl around, right? Lots of punches and whatever, take them through the crowd. Nothing there. Uh, that way, you could do these things where you, you didn't put Austin and Owens in a position to look bad, really, right? And don't get me wrong, Austin took some bumps, right? Some suplexes on the concrete and everything else, and he did a few things, but. But there was, they didn't, they were very, very wise to, and it, I'm, it's both these guys, right? Owens is great, but Austin, of course, is great. They put themselves in a position to to succeed, and and they did. It was a great match. Of course, Austin won in the end. Uh, he, I don't even count how many how many beers were opened, and, and, and I don't think he was really drinking them so much. It's just like he was pouring them in his mouth and <laughs> and all over himself, but it was, it was so much fun. It was great. So that was a great way to close out WrestleMania, and uh, I, I truly enjoyed it. So that's my thoughts on the first night. Uh, next episode, maybe I'll touch on the second night. Uh, I, I'm not sure all the lineup of it. I know I'm, I am looking forward to Lesnar and Reigns, of course. But I, other than that, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll see something from the rest of the weekend that will catch my eye. Uh, and then I'll want to talk about. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, there's an upcoming show that I'm going to be in attendance uh, at. And that'll be on Saturday, June 11th. I will be in Beckley, West Virginia for the Bash and Beckley 2. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be attending this card, right? I, and, and I will be uh, covering it for the podcast, right? There will be some videos. There will be some pictures. Uh, there will be lots of activity on social media while I'm there uh, to, to, to give you a, a glimpse into this great event. It's going to be a really fun event. And uh, so make sure, like I said earlier, make sure you, you follow me so that you can see this stuff. And, of course, there will be a special episode of the podcast that will come out shortly after that where I'll talk about my time at the event and, and, and what happened uh, and, and, and lots of coverage, right? That's what I'm going to be there for. I'm going to be there in a, you know, I'm going to put on my press cap a little bit and, and cover the event like I would if I was, you know, a member of the press, so to speak. I guess, I mean, technically as a podcaster, I, I am. I feel like I am. I do report some news. I do report some, uh, it's an opinionated press, right? There's lots of opinions in it, but that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be attending this uh, as a press member uh, to cover this event. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. And, and again, Everybody knows I love FTR, right? I don't make, I don't hide that. And they're going to be at this event, and they're going to be wrestling the American Wolves. We've talked about on this show a lot about FTR wanting to enhance and build and establish their legacy, and they're taking select dates at, against certain teams. We've talked about this in the past. This is one of them. They're wrestling the American Wolves. It's going to be a great match. But what makes it even cooler for me is Dennis Condry of the original Midnight Express of the of you know. He's he's man. Condry's a legend, right? He will be in the corner of FTR, right? So I, I'm hoping. Uh, I I haven't got to beat Condry, right? I, I I got to beat Bobby Eaton, and, and I, I want to knock these guys off my list. Some guys that I want to meet uh, while I can. So I'm hoping to meet Condry that night. But it'll be great. It'll be great to see that match. Uh, it's going to be a good show. I, I heard Jake the Snake Roberts is going to be in attendance. Uh, I, I think Rhino is going to be in attendance. Uh, I, I and oh, I think Shane Douglas and Francine will be in attendance. Uh, so lots of cool stuff, right? I'm an ECW fan, so th that's going to be cool to see those guys. 
So again, there'll be coverage of that. That is June 11th, uh, the Bash and Beckley 2 in Beckley, West Virginia. If you're in the area, you want to attend, I, I believe tickets go on sale April 11th. So uh, watch for that. Uh, we got a week or so until that happens. Uh, I will plug, again, on my social media, some information about this event. We'll plug some information about the tickets when it goes on sale. And now it's time, guys. We got to, you know, I know people are mixed feelings about ads, but we got to hit up the sponsor here. They help cover the show. Uh, and that is Manscaped. So our friends at Manscaped, uh, who are the global leaders in below-the-waist hygiene, they're turning men's shower dreams into their favorite routine with the all-new Ultra Premium Collection. This all-in-one hygiene skin and hair bundle is designed to upgrade the everyday man's shower routine from head to toe. Your skin, your hair, your balls deserve this. Save big by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code DYNASTY20, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-2-0. Manscaped.com, the code DYNASTY20, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. So let me walk you through uh, the Manscaped shower routine here. You start with the cologne-infused Ultra Premium Body Wash with aloe vera and sea salt. All right, it's great for your skin. Helps you keep uh, feeling clean and moisturized all day. Then you go on to the hair, right? You apply the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It is great. It's non-greasy formula. It has a base of coconut water, green tea. It's great, right? That is step two. You got the body, you got the hair. And then once you hop out of the shower, we go to step three. We protect yourself from body odor by using the Manscaped Aluminum-Free Deodorant, right? There you go. Hey, you got tattoos. You got dry skin. That's okay. Let's hit your skin up with a hydrating body moisturizing spray. It'll protect all that. It'll moisturize your body. Hey, and then let's cap it all off by using the Manscaped Lip Balm. And that's a free gift when you buy the Ultra Premium Collection. And then, of course, to keep the grooming in line, you're going to use the Lawnmower 4.0 Electric Trimmer. Guys, I use this all the time, right? It is a great product. It's rechargeable. It's waterproof. It has a light. It does its job. It, it, it's perfect, right? The Lawnmower mower 4.0 so remember go to manscape.com use the promo code dynasty 20 and get 20 percent off and free shipping on your order let's get to scott steiner in the wwa or like i said earlier uh, us here in the midwest when remember when this kid broke in we knew him as scott Rex steiner so let's talk about this uh, scott uh, broke in in 1985 he uh, trained with Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. at Torio's Health Club in Toledo, Ohio. Now, naturally, he got some help in this training uh, from other guys that were in the Bruiser and Bruiser Bedlam in the WWE at that time. Guys like Don Kent and Calypso Jim, uh, now known as Bobo Brazil Jr. And everybody that I have talked to and everybody uh, that has spoken on the matter has talked about how natural Scott was. Uh, he was a three-time uh, Big Ten runner-up. University of Michigan in the 190-pound weight class. That's right, 190 pounds. Can you imagine that? And, uh, you know, he, so he had this great amateur background. His older brother, Rick, had already broke in, had trained in Minneapolis, and was already in the business. And Scott uh, was just a natural, right? He just took to it. Uh, it, it just seemed like uh, when he was shown something, he immediately got it to the point of uh, Jerry uh, just thought he was lying, that he had experience, that he had had some training at some times. He just couldn't believe that this guy was a complete newcomer in this vein. Of course, uh, Jerry Grimm Jr., a friend of the show, on regularly for Grimm's Gallery episodes, which we will have another one very, very soon. But way back when, we had Jerry on for the first time, and we talked to him in, in depth about his career. And you can see that in the archives, our Dr. Jerry Grimm Jr. interview uh, we did with him, of course. And there's been 
several episodes of Graham's Gallery. So check all those out. I highly advise you. Uh, Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. has experienced it all and is a great storyteller. But here it is from that initial interview we did with him. Here is Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. talking about Scott Rex Steiner. Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. Well, Scott Steiner came down, and I'll tell you how good of a natural he was. I took him in a gym in Toledo. I started training him, and everything I showed him he could do right the first time. I actually had it because he was a friend of Vojo's from the amateurs, and I thought it was a joke. I thought the guy was already a trained wrestler, and we're going to see how far it would go before I realized it, you know, the guy was. But it wasn't. He picked up stuff that fast. I showed him one time, and he could do it. And uh, I, I had him wrestle uh, his first match. I think it was against Bulldog Don Kent. He was good to wrestle a real pro like that. They could show you. You could wrestle a lot when he was starting out. And uh, I had other guys as well, and myself as well. And uh, he was always kind of a quiet guy. He always was, uh, uh, you know, a loyal guy. The only thing that hurt my feelings there is that... Uh, uh, he would never, uh, a lot of guys I would trade would call me like once a year. So I'm not talking about slobbery all over me. I'm not talking about giving me any money. I'm just saying, like, they'd be home for Christmas. They called me saying, how you doing? And, uh, the only time I've seen them since then is when they paid him money to induct me in independent wrestling hall of fame. It was a paid booking for him. So, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I went, I went down there and I saw him then and we, we talked, but, uh, you, know, you think that the guy that started you, and, and most of these wrestling schools charge money. I, 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 I trained him for nothing, and I expect nothing. Yeah. Except, you know, I said, if, you know, if you have a chance down the road to do me a favor, I appreciate it. But, uh, uh, but I have good memories of Scott. Yeah, he was, uh, he was quiet, and uh, he was uh, a really good wrestler, a real natural, one of the most... He's the train guys I ever had. So Scott trained, again, as we said, with Dr. Jerry Graham Jr., with help from Don Kent, Calypso Jim, Chris Carter, guys like that, uh, there in Toledo, Ohio. And he made his debut under his birth name, Scott Rex Steiner, uh, there in 1985. And he defeated the great Wojo for the WWA title on August 14, 1985, uh, ending a very long reign by Wojo. Uh, the match was in Dearborn, Michigan, and it was kind of a surprise, right? It was billed. It was, it was Scott's TV debut when they showed this match. And they played it up with it like that, that there was this this unknown, this this newcomer. And they claimed, they talked you know, about him making his debut, but he had actually wrestled some. Uh, prior to that, he had had some matches with guys like Don Kent and Chris Carter to to help him, right? And Scott said in interviews that, you know, the training was was kind of sparse and, and that he learned a lot in the ring. And part of that, yeah, it was true. I mean, it's just the nature of the business at that time. The, the nature of the WWA at that time, and it's probably a, an attribute to how quick Scott th- picked things up, that they were able to you know get him in the ring that quick. Uh, but him winning the title was this cool thing. And at that time, uh, I mean, I loved Bruiser Bedlam, right, and, and, and the product and these guys. Dr. Jerry Graham Jr., Don Kent, Chris Carter, Calypso Jim, these guys were great to me, and I love every one of them. But Scott was different, right? He was young. He was very fit and athletic. He had that... That, that modern wrestling look about him, and he was doing some spectacular things in the ring. He was doing a 450. You have to see this. I shared a, a clip of this on my Twitter. I'll have to see if I can find it and share it. Again, a, a 450 at the top, but it was very awkward. He did this 450, but landed on his feet and then fell forward into a splash. But it was still athletically very spectacular, and there were not very many guys 
in the WWA of doing that kind of stuff. I uh, went El Bracero, who was exciting too, but Scott was this this whole different this whole different breed, right? He had this young fire about him, and you could just see that he had it. He right, he had that factor from the beginning. So again, on August fourteenth, nineteen eighty five, Dearborn, Michigan, he defeats the Great Wojo to win the WWE title. So here it is. Here's some audio from the end of that match of of uh, him winning the WWE title, followed by a couple of interviews that he did that were on that show and the next show uh, coming up with uh, some some interviews with Scott. There's there's some with Terry Sullivan, some with Chris Canyon, or Chris Can- not Chris Canyon, George Cannon. I don't know why I did that. You know. Uh, no offense to to Chris Canyon, rest his soul, but to, with George Cannon, cry, cry baby George Cannon. Now I'm all flustered. But again, here's some interviews with him in there as well. So check this out. This is him winning the title, and, and listen to the crowd response and how exciting and cool this was. Uh, and again, on the commentary is Terry Sullivan and Dick the Bruiser. So let's check that out. He's trying to pull Wojo's fist apart, and he's he done so. Look at that. He got him he's broken the hold. And look he at that. Loose. He's got Wojo's shoulders down. He's got it. He's got it. We have a new champion! We have a new champion! That's hard to believe. Look at Grant going out by Rex Wojo has been pinned! We have a new world heavyweight champion! Carter and Calypso Giamatti congratulate Rex My God, after, after more than two years of turning back the toughest challenges of the world, the great Wojo has been upset by a virtual unknown making his debut in the WWE. We have a new champion. There he is in triumphant victory, Scott Brecksteiner. In the main event, or one of the main events, you are going to see a return match for the World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship, the great Wojo against Scott Rexsteiner, and certainly a great impression you've made on all these fans. Scott, I know you graduated from the U of M, University of Michigan, Big Ten wrestling champion up there, but you're facing Wojo right here in his hometown. What about the old hometown advantage? Well, I tell you, Wojo said I was lucky winning a bout from him, and I admit I'm going to have a tough battle trying to beat Wojo in his backyard, but I tell you, I didn't win this bout only for myself, I won it for the fans, and when I walk in the arena, I know the fans will be rooting for me, so I tell you what, I need that support, and hopefully I'll be able to pull it off. All the fans will be behind you, Scott, because it's been a long time since they've had a champion they can truly look up to and truly be proud of. Scott Rexsteiner makes his Toledo debut against Wojo Sunday, October the 5th. Don't miss it. Some of the biggest news in professional wrestling, wrestling fans, has been a recent development where the WWA title changed hands. This came right out of the blue. No one expected it. A newcomer to the WWA, Scott Rexsteiner came in cold, went into the ring with the great Wojo and Dr. Jerry Green Jr. and a lot of overconfidence and a lot of Green's maneuvering allowed Wojo to lose the belt. And the new champion of the WWA is sitting here with me today. We're talking to Scott Recksteiner. And Scott, I want to say congratulations. I think it was just fantastic that you're the new WWA champion. What a way to go. And what I'd like to do now is have you tell some of the wrestling fans out there some of your plans for the future, what you intend to do in a little bit of your background? Well, I started out uh, a state champ in high school and uh, went to University of Michigan, was all Big Ten there, All-American. I always had this dream since junior high to be a world champion. So I went down south, wrestled pro down there for six months, then I heard about the talent at WWA and Bruiser Bedlam Series. So I came up here and the great Wojo was kind enough to give me a chance at the title. Oh, I don't think that was it. You know what it was, Scott? Yes. He thought you were easy pickings and then he could beat you. 
but he was fooled in that respect. Well, I tell you what, I appreciate the chance that he gave me, and I'll do my best, because this title is mine now, and I defend it against anybody. There is a great challenges out there, but I'll do my best to defend it. Well, just prior to coming on, Scott was telling me that because when Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. and the Great Wojo had the title, that they used to put some of the good wrestlers to the side and wouldn't allow them a shot at the title. What Scott is going to do now is allow everybody to have an open shot at that title. All of the challenges that for many years have been waiting in line to get at the Great Wojo will now actually have a chance to go into the ring with the new champion, Scott, and Dorian, don't forget this name, Scott Recksteiner. He is the new WWA champion. And not only that wrestling fans but you're going to be seeing a lot of this fellow in all of the bruiser battle in wwa towns you're going to see a new champion and it does my heart good for one particular reason scott because for many years i've heard dr jerry graham jr come out and spew off at the mouth that there is no one in the entire state of michigan can beat anyone from ohio well as it turns out the man who defeated the great wojo for the WWA Championship is a man from Michigan, born in Michigan, went to school in Michigan, he's going to stay in Michigan, and you guys, Dr. Jerry Green Jr. and the Great Wojo, are going to have to get at the back of the line if you want a shot at this title. What a great champion, Scott Westerner! Scott, what an amazing championship victory and what sweet satisfaction you must have right now. Not only did you pin him, but you kept your promise to the fans and you tore that mask off of that guy's face. That's right, Terry. I tell you I'm a people's champion. When I make a promise to my fans, I try my utmost to keep it. It must have been a very difficult match for you to prepare for, Scott. Usually when you're going up against a man like Wojo, you know pretty much what he's going to come at you with. But you were going up against a Looney Tune there. That's right, he was tough at the beginning. Us warmed down. Finally got a top one some fun. It was an amazing, amazing victory. And you certainly are a man worthy of holding that prestigious World Heavyweight Championship belt. And I know that Chris Carter has got to be a guy right now. Because he said a lot, he had a lot of harsh words to say prior to this match with you, as you well know also. Well, tell you what, Terry, I'll get out of this just Thank heavens that Dennis Cass is in the ring also. Rex Steiner is very seriously injured. Terry seems to be getting up. Keep the camera on Rex Steiner. This is horrible. I don't know what kind of powder that was or what substance it was, but Rex Steiner is in pain. He's in immense pain, and he's been injured in the worst possible place to be injured, around the eyes. The fans bringing some water. Bodie, Bodie, we got some water. Some water. Wrench his eyes out. Get that water in his eyes. Now, Scott uh, would lose the title back to the Great Wojo on May 3rd, 1987. And then he went on to team with Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. Uh, they did this whole thing with this double turn with Jerry Graham Jr. and Chris Carter. Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. was in a car accident. He was hurt. He was still on WWE television, uh, shown, you know, injured from this car wreck. And it, it kind of made him sympathetic, right? And Chris Carter started to, to turn and come out and uh, badmouth Jerry and, and put him down and talk about how, you know, maybe it's time for him to hang it up and get out and whatever else. And it wound up 
Uh, Chris Carter was teaming with uh, Muhammad Saeed as the international freedom fighters. Uh, but then, uh, so Jerry Graham Jr. Uh, was teaming with, uh, excuse me, with Scott Rex Steiner. And uh, it was very successful. So here, let's hear about uh, one of the participants in this this turn and this feud and this rivalry. Uh, this is Chris Carter. Again, from a, a past interview here on the Dave Dynasty Show. You can check that out. It's a very cool, very fun interview to do. It was uh, Chris Carter's first podcast interview. We had him here on the Dave Dynasty Show. So go back and check that out and listen to the full interview. But here is a clip of uh, Chris Carter talking about Scott Steiner. Spirit of America, Chris Carter. Well, Scott Steiner, man, he, you know, he was a great kid, man. He came, came to work with us in, in Toledo and he was just breaking in the business. I had, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think he had his first pro match with me. Okay. And, uh, he was just coming out of, out of uh, U of M at, at that time. He was a third on the all time win list with the amateur wrestling at U of M. And he wanted to break into the business, you know, his brother Rick was already there mm-hmm. and he was all over the place. So he didn't, he didn't have time to help break him in. He says, you got to find somebody that's gonna, you know, get you some experience. So he, he got hooked up with Jerry and Jerry brought him in and, and, and we went to work with him and, and tried helping him and do what we could for him. And he was always a great talent. Um, there's a lot of guys that, you know, uh, it's hard for guys to make the transition from amateur to pros. Uh, Scott was pretty smooth at that. Yeah. Mojo had a little bit of a hard time, but, but he did okay. You know, I mean, yeah. he really believed his matches. There was no doubt about that. Yeah. But yeah, Scott, Scott was a good kid, man. We, we traveled, traveled on the road and stuff. And, uh, he, uh, he worked real hard, man. Then, then when when he was ready, his brother said, "Come on!" and off they went. Yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, Jerry always said he was s- such a natural talent that he would show stuff. He said he there was, was even a part of time where he thought he was lying about his experience because he was picking up stuff so quick. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was very, very quick and very talented, very athletic. He was, uh, you know, was really something good. Good kid, brought up in a good family in Bay City, Michigan, and stuff, and. Uh, you know, he, he really wanted it, and, yeah. and God bless him because he got it. Now, Graham and Rex Steiner went on to win the tag team titles in the WWE on October 6, 1987, from the International Freedom Fighters, Chris Carter and Muhammad Saeed. They later lost the titles to the team of Chris Carter and Don Kent on December 6 of 1987. And uh, Scott Rex Steiner's time in the WWE was coming to an end. He had, he had accomplished a lot. I think he felt it was time to move on, but he did come work a little bit longer in the WWE, and he started to team some with Calypso Jim and travel a little with him. Now, Calypso Jim now uh, is known as Bobo Brazil Jr., and again, we had him on the show a while back, and uh, as, as we do with a lot of them, because everybody has interesting Scott Steiner stories, and, and guys especially from this time period that worked, we wanted to get the reflections of what a young Scott Steiner was like. So here's from that interview way back. This is one of our early interviews that we did uh, almost three years ago with Bobo Brazil Jr. talking about Scott Steiner. Bobo Brazil Jr. No, I trained Scott Steiner. I helped train him. Oh, did you? We were we tag team partners. All I could tell you is the story about me and him traveling up and down the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you tell us uh, one pretty good story about you guys? Yes. Uh, we, we left the Vanyal house and was headed back to Toledo. We didn't have time to get dressed. So we, we, we ride with this uh, Ralph and the pigs on and then, you know, no shirt and a convertible. 
hair blowing. I had a curl, you know, stopped hair with my hair blowing. Two police women pull up beside us. Off duty access to pull over. We pull over. So they give us an address to meet them in Toledo. And we go to the address, and we didn't quite get the street spell right. Because, you know, you, you, you're talking in a hurry. And get, so we go, and we, we get there, we go around to the back, and we dive in the pool. We swim in like, so the women would come out, and there was a guy come out, and I go like, Scott, who is that? He go, I don't know. He said, they said they'll be here a little bit later. So about 30 minutes went by. Now, remember, we got a roster that night at 8 o'clock. And this is like five in the evening. Nobody said, so finally the cops came around and said, hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> we're doing pretty good. They knew us. They knew us, so we was on TV. They said, uh, Clipso, uh, Scott said, do you realize y'all didn't need people proving? He said, yeah, we was told of uh, these two lady cops. How happened? They knew the two lady cops. They, they went to lab. They said, they live on the other side of town. What are y'all doing on this address? So we show them the address. It's just the street was misspelled. And the people that we had to get those, those those couples and their two sons free tickets to get to the show to keep them getting locked up for the trespassing. <laughs> <laughs> Scott and I always laughed about it when we got the convertible and we're around when the two female cops came to the show. And when the other, the other cops had told what happened, boy, they came, we was the laughing stock, but it was one of the greatest nights that we ever had tagging together, you know. And then we went on the next night, and it, it they split us up. They gave me Dennis Cash, which he's dead and gone. And uh, we was Team USA, and Scott Steiner took the belt from the great Rojo to become the WWA World Heavyweight Champion. That was the greatest time, and we still run together. We still hung together. I was the tag team champion. One half tag team champion, he was the heavyweight champion. We went everywhere together, and then he said, I want to go places. And I said, well, go down to Memphis. They don't pay much. I said, but go down to Memphis. I went to WCW. He went down to Memphis. So my, my three weeks in WCW was time for me to come back to the WWA. He went, and they said, we didn't send for you. We sent for Clips of Virginia. What are you doing here? Well, the promoter, Nick Boone, was out of Nashville, Tennessee, sending men. They didn't get the email, so they sent Scott back to Memphis. I had to turn around and go back for another week, and then they sent me to Memphis to tag with Scott. It was another great time, but he was something else. He he was a character and a half. You cannot get him today. Right today, you cannot. If you ever interviewed, he would not say Bobo Jr. He would always say Kipso Jim. My wife met him in, the, in 2005, and, and she said, uh, Bobo Taylor told me to come out to come around to this door. He said, You mean Clipso Jim? She said, Why he called you? I said, That's all he's gonna ever call me. That's all he ever But we had a lot of fun as being a big big team Michigan wrestler. Scott was, we went to a lot of homes to see children. 
that Hogan didn't go to see. I'm not down with Hogan, but Hogan's supposed to have been there. George Cannon said, I need you two to go. At the time, I was a resident of Indianapolis. I had to drive from Indianapolis to Detroit, and Scott had got, he had to drive from Memphis to Detroit. You know, that's how dedicated he was. And guys is not dedicated like that no more. So in early 1988, uh, Scott Recksteiner moved on to the Memphis Territory and worked there. I believe he continued to work under the name Scott Recksteiner there. And again, it was clear that his star was on the rise. Uh, it was clear that he had all this talent. And it was not long after that he made the move to the NWA. He started teaming with his brother Rick. And then, as they say, the rest is history. Everybody knows the star that Scott Steiner became after that. Again, Scott Steiner's always been entertaining he's always been a great character and he's always been very innovative especially in wwa bruiser bedlam at that time uh, again there was not anybody doing things like scott there was not that young uh, that young fiery guy with that that body and that that look and that that energy that he had i mean he'd come leaping in over the ropes before matches and just pumped up during his introductions and there was nobody else doing that at the time so he was very fresh and exciting in the territory at that time now scott uh, from all those stories I've gathered, he doesn't like to talk about his time in the WWA and with Bruiser Bedlam. There has been some comments he's made about Dick the Bruiser where he said, you know, Bruiser was a great guy and he loved traveling with Dick and being around Dick and hearing stories about the old times and everything else. But Scott doesn't like to talk a lot about those early days and I'm not sure why. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, what it is about it. You know, he just, I think, I guess he just likes to focus on, on the, the, the prime years of his career apparently. I, or I'm not sure. What it is, I've, I've had this movement, this this wish to have Scott Steiner on my show to talk about the beginning of his career. I just want to talk about his time in WWE and Bruiser Battle. And who knows, hopefully, maybe, perhaps, someday, uh, it'll come to fruition. Uh, I One can hope, right? It is one of my dream interviews to have on the show, so I'm keeping that spark of hope alive. So thank you guys for listening to Wrestling Nostalgia. I am your host, Dave Dynasty. And we will see you next time. Hey, make sure you subscribe so that you get that. But wherever you go and whatever you do, be sure to be good, be safe, and keep on growing.